Maggie Pullum. And I'm your host, Carmen. And I'm your host, your co-host, Damon. And we're going to be asking Mr. Iggy some questions. And he's a, like a private pilot? Yes. Yeah. And um, so we're going to go ahead and hop into these questions for today. And so, yeah. All right, Mr. Iggy. What made you want to play? What made you want to become a pilot? Um, well, my dad, uh, when I was a real uh, small child, my dad was in the Air Force, uh, but he wasn't a pilot. And uh, but uh, we lived uh, just maybe a mile away from the air base that he served. And um, you know, I was a little boy. Planes were big; they were loud. The helicopters they were loud, and uh, it was right next to the airport, the air base. So there was always something going on. And um, I was just intrigued as to how you could take this great big object, this big plane, or this big helicopter, and you could, you know, put it up in the sky and it didn't fall and it could move around. Uh, and uh, I was curious as, you know, where they were going and when they were coming back. And uh, another thing, like I said, I was just a little small boy, three, four, five years old at the time. And there's one particular type of um, jet, it was called a Phantom, an F-4 Phantom. Whenever they would land on the runway, a parachute would pop out the back, and I was wondering why did that, you know, why why, why did that happen? Normally, when you think of parachute, you mean you're thinking they're in the sky and they're parachuting down to the ground. But in this case, he was already on the ground, but it popped out the back. Now, years later, I found out why. But they were loud, they were big, and they were fast. Oh my God! But all right, Demon, it's your turn. How long have you been flying airplanes, and what? got you interested? Uh, well, like you heard me say outside, um, I think really what interested me when I was a little boy and um, you had these popular movies like uh, Top Gun, uh, which they did a, a sequel to it after all these years. Another one was called Iron Eagle and uh, there was this Rambo movie where he went and got on the helicopter and went back to the little POW camp and shot it up and blew it all up. So. He, you know, being a little kid, you see that in those, those macho movies. Hey, I want to do that one day. And um, what ultimately tilted the scale and me wanting to do that is when I was in high school, I was in JROTC at Huffman, and one of our, well, two of our instructors, his name was Major Anderson, and the other instructor was Sergeant Reeser. And they made arrangements for us to fly in helicopters around, did a big loop around the whole city. And they gave me an opportunity to see Birmingham literally from a bird's eye view, a different point of view. And um, I went to, um, I wanted, first I said I wanted to fly helicopters, so that's what I first flew on. And then um, I wanted to fly jets and said, well, they don't fly jets in the Army. So you had to go to the Air Force. So I went off to college and I joined Air Force ROTC. I later on switched over to Army, back to Army ROTC. And um, in 2000, I was commissioned. So that was, that was the beginning of my um, aviation um, track. Okay, can you describe what a typical day or week is like for you? Uh, well, no two or three days are the same. And uh, you may have heard this expression, uh, anything that can go wrong usually does. So there are no two times uh, things are the same. But generally, I would show up to work. You know, it's, it's dark when I go to work. And, and this time of year, it's dark when I come home. And um, you're there, and you're making sure um, you're in compliance with everything. There's a lot of rules and regulations about aircraft and how they fly, when they fly. 
and um, I'm there to make sure we're going to have enough fuel to carry out our duties of the day, uh, make sure we're in safety compliances. You have what's called a FOD walk, and that's a foreign object, and debris walk, and that's where you line up on the runway and you walk down. And let's just say if there's been a storm or a hurricane or something that's taking place, there are no trees, no branches, no rocks, anything that can prevent an aircraft from successfully landing and taking off. And uh, from there, you go to the manifest, you're going to see who's going to be coming in uh, during the course of the day, who's going to be taking off, and what are the special needs of those uh, aircraft. Uh, for example, there's a helicopter, but they have different needs as opposed to um, a, a big military C-130. And then you're going to have a lot of private jets, private aircraft that are coming in with people uh, that are traveling. And, this, and with a private uh, plane, it's going to be very few, maybe eight, nine, or ten people. And they're going to have special needs that need to be taken care of. And then you may have something like an air ambulance, like what you see over at UAB, transporting um, patients. So um, they, I'm there to meet the needs of the, um, the aircraft and uh, possibly the uh, cargo or the personnel that's flying on it. Uh, we have a lot, sometimes we have celebrities coming through in and out of the city. And uh, when that happens, they tend to want to keep a low profile. What type of education and training did you need to complete to become an airline fighter pilot? Here with the military, uh, that's why I initially uh, went in. It's going to be slightly different than out here in the civilian world due to the nature of the aircraft that you might be flying. And in the Army, uh, it may be called something different now, but at the time it was called the AFAST. And I think the AFAST stood for Army Flight Aptitude Scholastic Test. And as you always know, it's a long test. It's like a, a three-hour test. And um, you have to take that and uh, make a minimum score. And uh, in, the, um, in the Navy Marines, I forgot what it was called. It was called, But there's a certain score you have to make on that as well. And, and taking that, that was a lot more demanding than the Army test. Um, because uh, the, the Navy and Marines fly both uh, fixed and rotary. That's both airplanes and helicopters. And I had to have a certain score either on the ASVAB, that's the test that you take to even get in the military to start with. And then uh, when you go in aviation, you have to have a minimum score on either the SAT or the ACT. And initially, I didn't have those scores from when I was in high school. So I had to go back and take the... Um, the um, SAT many years later, and I, and I did get the minimum um, requirement. And then uh, you have to have a, uh, because you have to be an officer, uh, you have to have at least a college degree. All right, what are, you, what are some of your favorite things about being a pilot? What are some of the biggest challenges you have done? Uh, some of the biggest challenges, we've had to transport uh, people who were ill, who had been wounded, had been hurt. Uh, we've had to do things in a lot of inclement weather. Uh, when you look at like the Coast Guard, when they have to go out in maybe a hurricane or a tornado uh, and have to pull people out who um, stranded at sea or whatever. And uh, I know they in the Coast Guard, but I was with them. And I've seen what they do, uh, search and rescue, SARS. And uh, the level of professionalism that they have to have to risk their lives, risk the aircraft, and to save uh, people uh, in the midst of a tornado or hurricane, plucking them out of the water. Uh, some other things I've done is um, we've had places we've had to be and to be there in a short length of time, so we we hauling it at ex um, exceeding amount of speed. So that's been some of my biggest challenges. 
and also serving in a, in a combat environment. Can you describe what it's like the first time you fly a new type of aircraft? Are you, was you ne ever nervous? Well, of course you're nervous. Uh, you can't help but be nervous because you're, you know, a thousand feet up in, in the air. And um, my initial um, taste with flight was through helicopters. So you fly a helicopter much different than you would an airplane. And uh, with an airplane, it's designed to naturally fly. And if the engines give out, you know, you can glide it, you can manipulate it um, to a certain extent to successfully land. But with a helicopter, it doesn't have wings, it has propellers. It's just like a rock in the air. And you're um, uh, using, um, you're work, you're, you're using the propellers to force the wind to beat the helicopter into um, submission. So um, once the engine gives out on the helicopter, that's when your training comes in. And, um, well, I'll say that answer for uh, another question. I have, I have a um, question. Mm -hmm. um, like, did the engine ever stop when you was um, flying um, uh, air, aircraft? Yes, several times. What does it, like, feel taking off and landing a plane? How does it, like, feel like when you're flying, like, make you feel when you go up in the air, like, sometimes? Well, um, well, let me ask you all, have you all ever flown on an airplane before? No. Okay, um, not, I mean, as a passenger, like Delta or Continental Southwest, ever been on it? Okay, there's a joy in that, you know, looking out the window and you way up in the sky and you see cars on the interstate or you see boats in the water or whatever. You see the world from a, a high up point of view. But when you're in the cockpit, and it's, it's a great feeling because there's a sense of power. And you're able to fly at speeds, you know, two and three times the speed of a car. Um, now, the most exciting thing, dangerous thing, is trying to take off and land on an aircraft carrier. And um, it's easier to land a helicopter on, a, on an aircraft carrier, much easier than it is to land a jet, F-18, or so forth. And, uh, and even then, doing it at night, which is very dangerous. You know, we've lost people in the training um, exercises. But um, that was my biggest challenge. Have you ever had an emergency or scary situation happen during the flight? What did you do? Um, yes, we've had instances where you've had mechanical problems, engine problems. And there's a whole checklist. There's a, um, a sheet. And when you, especially when you're in training, you wear it strapped to your, your thigh. And you, you go, it's, uh, it's a contingency sheet. What do you do in the event that this happens? So one, two, three, four, five. And you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it until the engines um, reignite. And that's a part of your training process. Um, if you ever seen these movies like uh, Tuskegee Airmen, you go up, and they train you for that. You know, what do you do in the event that this happens? Now, um, nowadays with modern technology, we have a lot of flight simulations, and they're very, very realistic, and that's what we train on. When you do it on a, with a simulator, you know, you're going to live. But when you're in the sky, you know, you have to know what you're doing. What advice would you give to a young person who wants to become 
and airline fighter pilot. Okay, my advice would be, first and foremost, is to learn all you can. Uh, we, I know you hear it all the time, education is the key, education is power. Um, I would advise people, um, young people to really delve into math and science, your, your STEM curriculums. Um, when I was in high school, um, I made good grades, but when it came down to math, because math was my weakest subject, I often took the, um, the, the general math courses. I, I stayed away from the trigonometries, the calculuses, and all of that, because I knew those were weak, and if, if I took them, more likely I was going to fail. But later on in college, that came back, you know, you taking the easy route, that came back to bite me. And then when I tried to become a pilot, uh, it came back to bite me even worse. And I had to take a lot of remediation courses uh, when I was going from the Army to the Marines and having to study for the, um, uh, the, the is it Naval Aptitude Flight, some um, battery, whatever it's called. And um, I had to study again to go take the SAT something that I didn't take, would have taken when I was in high school. I was done with college and looking forward to graduate school. So I had to go to Books A Million and buy all these study books and study guides and basically teach myself in like two months' time. And even when I got to the military, I had to, um, a lot of, um, I, by no means was I the best in the class, but a lot of my class I had to remediate. I had to take the test twice a lot of times or I had to get tutors. So uh, had I been able to take advantage of that when I was a teenager or in middle school, it would have fared better for me. So my ultimate advice is to take your education seriously and also take more of your science and um, math courses. Um, do you have any questions for us? Um, well, uh, would you ever aspire not so much to fly an air, aircraft, but would you like to ride on one? Or uh, Have you ever seen one up close and personal? I have, but like, other than over the fence at the airport? Well, I've seen, like, like, I was like, i just seen, like, at the fence, but, like, not over the fence. Because I would love to, like, get on the airplane and ride it, but I'm just too scared. Because <laughs> all those movies, like, 9-11 and stuff, it's, it's, it's like, making well, me not I, I tell you what, um, you're safer in an aircraft than you are in a car because more people die every year from car accidents than they do in planes. And that's because um, being in a plane or flying a plane is much different than driving a car where with a plane you just can't go jump in and take off. You know, it's a whole uh, list you have to go down in order to get, and you have to be, safety is, is the key. Uh, and that's why um, when aircraft um, accidents do happen, a lot of times it's gonna be through pilot error. So um, you, you really have to be on your P's and Q's. So like what's, what type, I forgot to ask you this question, like what type of celebrities did y'all like, you know? Fly? Yeah. Um, in this area, because they're from here, uh, Ruben Stuttered, who um, I went to high school with him. Uh, y'all familiar with Ruben Stuttered? Mm. Not, mm -mm. okay. He's a Birmingham native, he won American Idol some years ago. Um, what was the other guy? Um, Bo Bice, and uh, he's from Birmingham too. And Taylor, I think his name is Taylor Hicks. They all they all won American Idol. And they all have CDs, whatever. But the music that they play is not in you know with you with younger uh, with you all's ages. Um, 
what's that girl's name? Monica, not Monica, Brandy. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm giving my age away. <laughs> Brandy, she had a, used to have a show on called Moesha. Oh, yeah. A long time her. ago. And then she had a brother, uh, Ray J. And then there was some um, celebrity um, professional athletes like Brett Favre. He does the commercials, but he has a little compression thing around his arm or whatever. And there were some other NFL athletes that I wouldn't, because I don't watch football that much anymore. Um, they say that's number whoever from the Atlanta Falcons or number 22 from the Atlanta uh, Hawks or whatever. You know, you shake hands. Sometimes they don't want all that stuff. So a lot of them are from Birmingham, so they don't want to come through the main Birmingham airport. They want to go through the private aircraft side, which is Atlantic Aviation East or West, which is on the back of the airport by uh, Coca-Cola, or they want to fly in through um, Bessemer Airport, which is a much smaller airport, and a lot of politicians come in and out of there, and they don't want to be a part of any fans or autograph signing. They just want to get in, go see their family, or perform, and get out. Because I, I get it, because a lot of celebrities, they, they just don't want to be, like, seen a lot because they want to keep their life private. Right. And, um... So they don't, don't want to be any cameras there and all that stuff. Yeah. Because they, they, like, they have places to be, like, concerts mm -hmm. and meetings and everything. And, um, they like, fans, they just be in their way sometimes. And, um, yeah. Do you have any more questions for us to ask? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I mean, for, for us to answer? Well, now, you're not a part of the Drone Club. I you know, uh, want to interest you to join the Drone Club. We have a lot of fun. I know it's in its early stages, and I've just been affiliated with it for the past month, and it's ex exciting. And I, and I would encourage you all to be a part of that. We have a lot of uh, great ideas and a lot of things uh, we're looking to plan. And one of those is we're going to try to um, go visit these airports, either Shelby County, Bessemer, or the Birmingham Airport. And that way you'll be able to get up and um, actually at least sit on uh, an airplane or sit on a helicopter and you be able to touchy feely. And that's what really impressed me as a kid. I actually getting on a helicopter as a teenager saying one saying, Hey man, I can I can do this. Okay. Um do, do you like um, well how long have you like, you know, been doing private like airline? Well, that was when I, I got out of the, the military and, you know, um, the war was going on, so I just wanted to get out. And um, I just thought I was going to get out and go to Huntsville and get a big job making $150,000 a year. It hasn't happened yet. And um, I played some contacts and, um, you know, rubbed a few elbows with some influential people here, and that was back in 2008, 2009. And uh, the way the economy was going, and sometimes the way it's going now, so, you know, I think I'll be better served in business for myself. Have you ever been to to, um, to space before? No, I would like to go. Uh, my ultimate goal was uh, to be an astronaut. And uh, when I was a little boy, there was a lot of TV shows used to come on. It's way before you all's time. You know, so I got this gray hair up here for a reason. And uh, there was one show that come on called Black Sheep Squadron. And way before your time, another called the Six Million Dollar Man, uh, or the Bionic Man. You know, you go on YouTube and look at them. Mm -hmm. And the technology and the special effects on it is real cheesy. And kind of, y'all probably got better technology here at Southampton than here than those TV shows from the 70s and the 80s. And he was an astronaut. And, you know, you didn't see and hear a lot about black people flying back then. So that made it even more intriguing. And um, 
when I was going to the military, I already thought, I was thinking five or six, seven years ahead. And I said, look, I'm going to go to graduate school, and I'm going to get education in aerospace science, a master's degree. And that's exactly what I did. But um, I have uh, been to the Space Academy and trained uh, with NASA. And uh, I have applied, but like I said before, I wasn't selected. All right, so we're going to wrap this up for today. I'm your co-host, Carmen. I'm your host, Carmen. I'm your co-host, Damon. And Mr. Iggy, you were very brilliant today. Thank you. And um, peace out, guys. Peace and out. Shout out to Ms. Clark, yep, Ms. Tamara Clark. Mm -hmm. Dr. Tamara Clark. Yeah. <laughs> for bringing this special guest. Yeah, shout out Southampton, man. Y'all got a real good setup here, you know. When I was in high school and middle school, we didn't, it took two or three people to carry in the computers we had back then. Because all these computers in this room, it's, after they just gave it to us. Man, you all have more computers in here than we had in the whole school at the time. <laughs> all right, but goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you guys.